Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin by their stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and encamped in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. 2. Wherefore the people strove with Moses, and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why strive ye with me? Wherefore do ye try the Lord? Again, they they just don't have faith. Every time they see adversity, they instantly believe that they're going to die, and they instantly believe that it's all God's fault and all Moses' fault. It really gets old. They just spend the whole book of Exodus complaining. So here they are, instead of simply asking God for water, they complain again. Three, and the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore hast thou brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? This shows us God wants us to talk to him. He wants us to ask him for things. God could have planned it in advance and made water pop up in springs before they got to Rephidim. And that's what the people are thinking. They're like, he brought us to a place that has no water. He could have made a well pop up. He could have made a river come out of nowhere. Why is he allowing us to be thirsty? They're angry with God and they're angry with Moses. And a lot of times Christians are that way too. They're like, God could have saved my aunt from dying or he could have saved me from losing my job. Why did he let me feel this adversity? And then they just get mad at God. But they never pray. They never talk to him. They never worship him. What God wants is a relationship. He's giving them opportunities to talk to him. And instead of talking to him, they complain to Moses. What they should be doing every day is saying, God, give us our daily bread. Give us water. Help us. Be with us. We love you. And instead of doing that every day, they're just looking for problems and they're finding problems. It just shows all of us that we really need to have a relationship with God and not just scream at him every time something goes wrong. Four, and Moses cried unto the Lord saying, what shall I do unto this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And stoning is an ancient way of killing people. Like in a, and it's not considered murder. It's considered lawful killing. Like you've done something wrong. Therefore, you're going to get stoned. They're treating Moses like he's a criminal. Five, and the Lord said unto Moses, Pass on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thy hand, and go. Now God's telling him, walk ahead of them and take the leaders with you. And that way the people will know that something's going to happen. They need to watch and wait. Something's definitely going to happen. And he says, take the staff. And I believe that staff encourages Moses' faith. It's not magic. It isn't that they need the staff. The staff has no power. But it encourages his faith because he knows that every time God tells him to take the staff, a miracle is going to happen. So it helps Moses to believe. It's kind of like Pavlov's dogs. Whenever they hear the sound, they start salivating because they know food is coming. And that's kind of like the way it is with God and Moses. When he says, take up your staff, then Moses knows, okay, good, God is going to do something. 6. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Now they're getting back to that rock where I think this is where Moses had first seen God. Remember God had told Moses at the burning bush that you're going to return to this mountain and worship me? That was Mount Horeb, and now they're back at Mount Horeb. And he's now telling him, strike the rock. There's a massive rock that's standing up there. And he's going to strike it and water is going to come out of it. And that rock also represents Jesus Christ, which we're told in the New Testament that it does. And out of Jesus comes living waters. 
Smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. 7. And the name of the place was called Massa and Meribah, because of the striving of the children of Israel. And they tried the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? M names mean bitter, so this refers to bitter striving. 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. 9. And Moses said unto Joshua, Now Joshua is Moses' chief officer or chief warrior. Joshua has a lot of faith like Moses, and he believes the commandments of the God, and he's practically the only other person besides Moses who truly believes God. Moses and Joshua end up becoming really good friends. Joshua ends up becoming Moses' right hand throughout all of the book of Exodus. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Moses knows that when he holds that rod, miracles happen. So he He's going to hold the rod up so that Joshua will win the battle. This is because both Moses and Joshua believe that only God can cause Joshua to beat off these. And they both know it won't be because of Joshua. It's going to be because of God. 10. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Aaron is Moses' brother, and Hur, I believe, is also a brother. 11. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. Now, he isn't letting his hand down on purpose to make Joshua lose the battle. He's putting his hand down because it's really tired, because imagine holding your arm up for hours and hours, holding a staff. 12. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. The two other guys, Aaron and Hur, they rolled a stone to where Moses needed to sit, and they sat him on it as a chair. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. They made Moses sit on a rock, and then they each stood on one side of him, and one person lifted his right hand, and the other person lifted his left hand. And these two guys are standing next to him, holding his arms up, because they know that him holding his arms up is an act of faith, and that God is going to honor that faith and cause Joshua to win the war. And they know that when his hands go down, Joshua always starts losing. It's not mad. It's faith. And God is honoring their faith. Moses sitting on a rock with a guy on each side holding each of his arms up until evening. 13. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. This means God is going to destroy the entire clan of Amalek. 15. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Adonai Nissi. This is another name of the Lord. 16. And he said, The hand upon the throne of the Lord, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Adonai Nissi means our God is a warrior. It means the Lord is a warrior. He fights battles. And that concludes Exodus chapter 17.